episode of Girl Get Your Life Together. The podcast. Because this won't last forever. No. I didn't know the rest of the words. <laughs> uh, today, we would like to chat about body image. You know, that super fun thing we all deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And if you don't deal with it, then you're... You're lying. A mutant. Mm-hmm. They say next, men. You lying. You lying. One thing that I do think is, no matter what your body type is, mm-hmm. you always, almost always wish it was something else or different. Yeah. I think everyone has something about themselves they want to tweak or they're not super happy with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's anyone on this planet who is like, my body is perfection. Mm-hmm. And if they are that way, they paid for it. And we have different degrees of comfort with like, I think what our versions of perfection are. Yeah. And it's the thing is that like someone else might look at your body and be like, oh, her body is perfect. And another person mm-hmm. might be like, oh, that other body type is perfect. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like, it's really hard because we're all trying to compare ourselves to something that's subjective. Mm-hmm. And so it's based like on never, our own feelings. Yeah. you just It's a way, race that you're never going to win. When did you first sort of become aware of like your body and like thinking about it in the context of feeling if you were or weren't the right size or were mm-hmm. or weren't beautiful or did or didn't like parts of yourself? I thought for a second we were veering into masturbation territory again. <laughs> and I was like, Kate's going to talk about masturbating in her car seat again. And we're going to have to go back to that. Um, I was not in a car seat. I was a first grader. Oh, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know your life. <laughs> I just assumed. Um, I have a blatant memory of being in the seventh and eighth grade and thinking that I was fat. Well, I got, I had gotten called fat in like fourth grade. So I got really plump, but I remember like the first, I have a, okay, no, I have a vivid memory of reading one of the gossip girl books mm. and there's a line in it where one of the guys like addresses this other girl or, or talks about this other girl as the girl with the fat arms. And I had a moment where I was like, I didn't know boys noticed that. And I went and looked in my mirror and I was like, my arms are fat. Uh, and I never wore a tank top again. <laughs> I'm like, I was wearing a tank top and I looked in the mirror and I was like, my arms are fat. And I went downstairs and I was like, mom, my arms are fat. And I was like freaking out. And I remember like walking down to like, we had this big mirror in my parents' um, living room. And I like, walked down the stairs. You can see the mirror from the stairs. And I was standing on uh-huh. the stairs, like turning this way and that, like looking in the mirror and being like, to the point where my dad was like, what are you, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. I have fat arms. But yeah. And then I was like, af- from that point on, so that was probably like seventh or eighth grade maybe ninth grade, I did not feel comfortable wearing a tank top without, like, a sweater Mm. or without some kind of coverage. And to this day, like, I had (laughs) sleeves put on my wedding dress because I did not want to be sleeveless. Really? Yeah. Sewn on. (laughs) It was expensive. (laughs) Isn't it funny how something like that plants a seed when we're so young and it colors our body image for, like, the next two decades? Yeah. And it's like that memory stands out so starkly in my mind where it's like Mm -hmm. I can pinpoint that exact moment where I had that thought and being like nothing is ever going to be the same again Mm -hmm. if anything what I so I think I remember maybe in like fourth grade becoming aware of my body in a way that I did not like feel good about it yeah um and um Ultimately, it's like I look back on those photos and I was like, I was a totally oh, yeah. average, normal looking child and adolescent and teenager. But I remember just feeling huge. Yeah. Um, and like not like ever like 
always uncomfortable about like my hips and like my middle section were yeah. like always my pain points like parts about my body that I've always loved are like my legs mm-hmm. my sh- like my collarbone my shoulders mm-hmm. um but I've never just like loved the middle part of my body yeah um until recently and I, I we talked about it a little bit on season two where I don't know where the sort of pivot was it was definitely after like my divorce so I don't know Mm -hmm. what that's about but like after that I just like stopped thinking about it and stopped criticizing myself in the same way and like now if anything like I'm tying my t-shirts up Mm -hmm. and like I'm totally fine like exposing that part of the middle of my body and I wish I could say like this is how I achieved this moment in my life but I just I don't know maybe it's just like getting older having less fucks to give yeah um I just have like kind of stopped caring the same way. That doesn't mean that I think I'm like no fire or beautiful or perfect well, every day. But um, thank you. But in terms of how I perceive myself, it's a million percent better than it was. I think society in my kind of, or fashion too has helped a little bit with that. There's so much like body positivity out there right now. It's kind of like fuck it, wear what you want to wear. You're gonna look yeah. good. That it's kind and of I'm so glad for criticized. body positivity. Like that, yeah. if anything, like maybe that's what I should attribute it to. Like when everyone else started doing it, because like yeah. I'm, I'm like so it's t- a stigma. Then yeah. it was less like, why uh-huh. are you wearing that? And more like, cool, do you? Whatever. And like if you, and if anything, if you were a body shamer, then people started to be like, the fuck? Exactly. They're like, sit down. You're an asshole. Rock. Exactly. And it's like, I don't know. Like yeah, it's like I also think that like being somebody who is bigger when you're in like middle school or elementary school and all the other girls are like pretty petite it's mm-hmm. kind of hard because you've always been pretty tall right mm-hmm. and I've, I've always been tall my boobs didn't come in until I was 16 so like yeah. I wasn't always curvy but like I was always like tall and proportional for that like I, yeah. I've never been what I would call like a petite yeah. human and, that's and now like, I'm full-blown thick so and that's the thing for me it was like I was short but I also I got boobs in the seventh grade I got like a c-cup overnight mm. to the point where people noticed it and it was like a whole discussion and it was like I've always been that kind of way a little curvier and so for me it was like I always felt like a monster next to my friends who were thin and natural or nat- naturally like more athletic looking mm-hmm. or like just slender in Leaner. general yeah. and I always felt like it was so easy for them I had to work so hard just to look like mediocre and so it's a natural, it's, again, it's a comparison and it's unfair, but I guess when you're in that age, you're looking at everyone else's body and you're like, why doesn't mine look like that? Mm-hmm. Why does everyone else's look this way, or at least in this general, you know, range, and here mm-hmm. I am, like, not that size. I think also one thing that I've um, sort of found in, like, the last little bit of dating is that there are so many degrees of, like, what other people find attractive. Yeah. Like, there's, in my mind, like, my most version, like, most perfect and attractive version of myself, but, like... There are people who won't find me attractive because they are into, like, a more petite, small frame. But then there are plenty of people. Yeah, but then there are lots of people that are like, oh, like, you are everything that, like, I love about female form. And so, like, I think that we should all just, like, stop trying. It's hard to be, like, whatever we're not because, A, let's cultivate from the inside. Like, I don't know how to – I can't – I have no advice for how to do that, but just, like, we should – as Look a practice, buy a book, work, work see out, a therapist. Like, stop by Barnes and Noble. I don't know. Being in man. Um, read a self help book. Do something. Listen to our podcast some more. Yeah, we have some great advice. <laughs> it's more mature this season, <laughs> probably because of the sobriety on my end. <laughs> but the other part is, we just should like recognize that like whatever we think societal standards of beauty are, like there are yeah. there are so many spectrums of that of like what other people find attractive that feel good about. 
knowing there's going to be someone who like thinks that you're awesome and perfect in high school i had a guy tell me that i had the type of body that he would be into in 20 years but was too shallow to appreciate at that age (laughs) which is a terrible thing to say but also he was right because i've had i had so much better luck in my like 20s with men than i had you know when Mm. i was in high school i felt like no guy wanted to admit to liking me because i was plumper or whatever and now it's like guys are like you have tits and an ass sweet yep also your face ain't bad good yep again and so it's like it's just a weird thing where i think kids are mean in general and i think when you're a kid you don't want to be the odd man out so whatever everyone else tends to like you want to like that too yeah so very rarely you're gonna find someone who's like yeah, you girl that doesn't look like everybody else. I like you. Agreed. How has um, pregnancy changed your idea of body image? Uh, well, my body has a life of its own at this point, and it's kind of <laughs> made changes that it is accommodating the person you're growing. Yes, that. Um, I kind of stopped caring a little bit. Like I gained weight, and at, I was like, whatever, it's gonna happen. It is what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's. It's a healthy part of pregnancy, actually. So I'm not beating myself up as much because I was like, I don't have control over this and this is how it's going to happen. And I was so sick in the first trimester that I was like, whatever I can eat and that sits well or sounds good, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit if that's chicken strips for three days in a row because (laughs) whatever. I'm not barfing it up and it also doesn't make me want to barf just by looking at it. So (laughs) we're good. Um, But I mean, my body has changed a lot, even just in the way that like... I look at it in the mirror. I try to avoid looking in the mirror when I'm nude because I'm just like, wow, there's some changes. <laughs> I have flanks now. What are flanks? Like saddlebags. <laughs> I call them flanks. <laughs> to the point where I made Josh and my mother both look at my flank rolls. <laughs> I made Josh poke them. Can I look later? Yeah. I'll okay. show you. Thanks. But it's like, I had never had, so it's like, for me, I, I had never really had hips I had a butt, but I didn't have, like, hips as much. And my hips have widened as they do. Yeah. And now I have these weird fat rolls on the side of my, like, hips that are my flanks. And it's just, like, I looked in the mirror and I was just, like, what happened? And I was, like, Josh, look at my flanks. But, yeah, so that was a weird moment. I looked in the mirror and I was just, like, hmm. I've just, like, thickened, which is fine. But also I have more cellulite. I have my boobs, I think, have at least doubled in size. I love that you say thickened. I'm the, I want to take that as a adjective and ber- verb and start using it in the rest of my life. Think of it as if you were making soup and you <laughs> added a lot of flour to it and it got a little lumpy as my current body says. <laughs> so lumpy, weird <laughs> kind of bronze to soup because it's so, summertime. Sitting across from you, there's definitely a situation where your left, my, my left, your right. Yes tit is markedly larger yeah. talk to me about that it's humongous my boobs have at least like doubled in size i haven't been wearing a real bra in a while because well, also you like don't burn them all i know and my mom was like we went out in public my mom's like are you wearing a bra and i was like <laughs> yes and she's like which one so she like leaned over and grabbed my shirt and like adjusted she's like your boobs are gonna be to your knees you need more support and i was like for a while and I, I agree with her now because i'm like okay but in the beginning of my pregnancy, how I knew I was pregnant, my boobs hurt so bad mm. that I couldn't stand to have anything on me. And right now it's like the straps or the supportive bras that I need are too, they dig in my skin too much. So like by the end of the day at work, when I've been sitting there for, you know, six and a half, eight hours, whatever, I work. <laughs> you know, normal hours. working hours. <laughs> I don't 
thing of when it starts to hurt, but like, you know what I mean? I've been sitting there for a long time. I want to work a six and a half hour I'm get day. Fired. <laughs> I made a calendar at work. Oh, I forgot. I made you a copy of my 31 days of Halloween calendar Okay, awesome. I'm excited for that. <laughs> On the color copier. <laughs> anyway, um, during my, you know, excruciating work life, I, my like, straps started to cut into my skin and it was like to the point where I literally debated taking my bra off at my desk and I was like, I think that'd be frowned upon, mm-hmm. but I mean, whatever. So, yeah, my one boob is largely out of control. I like it. I'm here for her. It's going to be like, I think, the big milker. Mm-hmm. But I yeah. mean, I, yeah. But other than that, so like, my boobs have gotten bigger, which I think Josh is into. Um, but, like, things have, like, like, your nipples change, which is also weird. Like, there's, like, weirdly pointy all the time, which mm-hmm. I don't support. But, I mean, if you do, more I have inverted nipples, and I've always wanted outie nipples. What is inverted? It means, like, they're inverted. Like, they just, like, it takes a lot of work to get them to come out. I never had, like, sensitive nipples. So, like, for me, like, having, like, fully erect nipples all the time is, like, concerning. Like, does it look like you're always cold? Yeah. Got it. But, like, they're so big now that it's, like, (laughs) I would say, like, probably, like, bottle stopper. What are those nipples on a bottle? That's what it looks like. Yeah. Which is probably the point. (laughs) But like it might be you couldn't have done me anything better. But in I nature. hear I hear you saying like how your body has changed, but in terms of how you perceive yourself, it sounds like you're doing a pretty good job mm. of being like this is part of the process. I mean I have my days. Like for some reason like my hair is really frizzy and that's irritating and I haven't been to get my hair colored yet. And so I've been like not liking that. But I mean for the most part I'm trying to give myself some leniency where I'm like, I don't feel good, so I don't really care. And again it's mm-hmm. the idea of like I'm already pregnant. I'm not good, try, trying to pull a man. Like, I don't care. And for me, it's like, I don't feel terrible in my skin. So I'm trying not to, like, let myself go down that mm-hmm. rabbit hole. But also because I'm so hormonal and crazy, I know if I fully delve into that, then I'll just be lost to it forever. Yeah. So I'm keeping myself afloat. I mean, I do have my days. And there, like I said, I try to avoid looking in the mirror and, like, staring at my naked body because it upsets me. Because I'm just like, will I ever get back from this? Probably not. And also, I think that something that should be said is that, like, I was a lot heavier than I wanted to be when I got pregnant. Mm. So, I was already, like, my starting weight was already, like, a problem weight for me. And I did not feel good, like, or comfortable at that Mm -hmm. weight. And so, gaining weight on top of that, I was like, shit, this is, like, the heaviest I've ever been. And I had worked really hard before my wedding and, like, before, like, I don't know, over the last couple years to, like, really lose weight and get, like, a healthy spot for me, both, like, mentally and physically. And so, it's been kind of, like, it was trying that really kind of fucked me up, I think. Like, when I was trying to get pregnant, I was so anxious and so, like, stressed out about how I looked at my body and trying to lose weight before having a baby. And then, what if I didn't lose weight? And then I got pregnant and was like, eh? Like, like weight kind of had been lifted. Mm-hmm. Only to be added back <laughs> with actual pounds. <laughs> a literal and metaphorical <laughs> weight. But yeah, so I think, for me, it's been kind of like... The loss of control has been kind of helpful mm. in easing some of the anxiety around my own body issues. Um, I know something I've talked about is like right now I don't look pregnant. I just look fat. And I think I'm excited to actually look pregnant. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm not just fat. I'm actually pregnant. Like we ran into Josh's ex-girlfriend for the first time <laughs> that he has seen her in like years and years. Second time I've seen her. And she was like talking to our table. And I had this weird desire to be like, I looked a lot better when we got married. He didn't like <laughs> trade down. I, I was really hot for a while. I'm just pregnant. I'm not just fat. 
and I can explain that like I wasn't like Captain Frump. I was like <laughs> I was bearing his child, and did so you like, let, did you tell her you were pregnant, or did you let? No, her I was like, uh, and she like walked away, and Josh was like, I told Josh later, and he was like, yeah, you should not say that. <laughs> that is psychotic, and I was like, okay, well, well, good thing I didn't. I was like, I, I mean, I'll just find her on Facebook and message it to her, just so she knows. <laughs> Like, remember when I saw you two months ago? I was pregnant. Still am. <laughs> I feel like um, the the difference between being crazy and acting crazy is whether you say and do what you think about. That's the threshold. So, so you, words you, and actions are different. Yeah, so you're, Case fine, in point. you're fine to think crazy thoughts, and I'm glad that you didn't. The sad part is, is that, like, I'm getting so crazy now where there's just, like, there's no line. <laughs> Like, I just, and it's also, like, I don't think it's crazy until, like, I do it or say it, and then I can see people around me being, like, oh. <laughs> I'm, like, okay. Um, I feel like pregnancy is a license, though, for those kind of things. Because I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> I could probably murder somebody, and they'd be, like, we get it. <laughs> She's pregnant. She's pregnant. She's has, she has some things going on. <laughs> Haven't you seen her nipples? <laughs> she, which is allowed. She's earned this. We don't know your gender yet, but no. as... As you think about, like, having a little girl or little boy, like, what mm-hmm. do you want to instill about body image in your child? That's a good question. I feel like I grew up with this weird complex because, like, my mom had been teased when she was little for being chubby, mm-hmm. and she really didn't want that that's for out, me. That's outside of your control, though, as a parent, unfortunately, because yeah. kids it's are just fucking mean. the way mean. that it is. And it's, like, for her, she was like, okay, and... Then she slimmed down in, like, the eighth grade. Like, she had went through, like, a growth spurt, and she grew a couple inches and lost weight. And so I kept telling myself when I was in, like, the eighth grade, I was like, my time will come. I, too, will growth spurt and lose the weight. Spoiler alert, it never happened. But I kept waiting for it as I ate a shit ton of donuts and, like, Sarah Lee cheesecake bites from the freezer. And I just, yeah, so it's like, I dealt with that. And then I felt like my mom put pressure on me to be a certain weight. And it wasn't, I look back now, and I'm like, that wasn't what it was at all. It was me complaining to my mom about being heavy and her being like, well, here's some actual solutions we could do. And I was like, no, how dare you? Where's my goddamn growth spurt? <laughs> that I was promised by genetics. I was promised. You promised me this by being my mother. Um, so I think for me, it's just kind of like, it also kind of stems from this idea too that like, if you're happy with your body, your kids will pick up on that as well. I think that's 100% true. Like, I think a lot of my awareness of my body issues like came from my mom being critical of her own for sure same with mine and my mom is like really critical of herself and my mom is beautiful and like something she's always told me though is that she's like you're gonna look back on pictures of yourself that you're so neurotic and so upset about or so worried about and say i looked great and wish my literally linda says the same thing yeah and it's like i was like sure whatever and then i started doing it i'm looking at pictures of high school and being like i felt so fat i wouldn't smile in pictures i thought i had too many chins or like (laughs) i just did all these weird things. I made all bunch of weird faces. And then it was like, now I'm like, well, I look pretty good. Yeah. Or the belly I thought I had. Like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have been wearing that weirdly skin tight Lacoste polo <laughs> that was three sizes too small. But I mean, hey, teach their own body positivity. Uh, but I like, hope I mean, low risers yeah. never come back. That will be good that for was, me if we I stay remember, in high-waisted land for forever. Please let high-waisted mom. denim stay for forever. I remember making fun of my mom and being like, high-waisted pants are so gross. Blah, blah, blah. My mom was like okay you don't get it yet and then i was like fully embraced at the point where i bought my first pair my mom was like i'm sorry i'd like to take you back to uh 2001 when you called me out and i was just like i made a mistake i was wrong i know better now and now that i'm pregnant i did not own anything other than i wear the jeans <laughs> and i tried to wear them to the point where josh was like you need to stop 
Like, you're making yourself physically ill by wearing high-waisted jeans that do not fit you. And I'm like, I'm going to make it work. And then we had to go buy all new pants. Yeah. I do like your maternity jeggings. Thanks. Also, none of my underwear fit because of my flanks, as previously mentioned. So I had to go buy some new ones. Oh, I love I love new underwear. It's my favorite. Yeah. I almost just wore a pair of them for this podcast. You and should. no pants. But... <laughs> you know i want you and your flanks to live their best life for the next eight months the flanks need to breathe i think eight months is too long where i think i have like six months left. okay right josh yeah give or take give or take who's to say but yeah so i would say for my future son or daughter i just want them to be comfortable with themselves and i want also like to focus on things other than just the way they look like yeah there's a quote by jk rowling that i really like and it was like i don't remember i'm not gonna do it justice but something about being like what's the importance of being pretty why not be pretty smart pretty kind mm-hmm. pretty thoughtful or whatever because like everything is about being like a pretty girl or a pretty boy and it's like that's not what it's everything's not about, about being a pretty boy it's about being like a strong boy or something yeah like that. i meant like facially like attractive oh. but you know what i mean because <laughs> i think pretty boy would be not great in most areas well i'm really intentional about the language that i use with my nieces because it's mm-hmm. like um everyone else since they were tiny has been like she's so pretty she's so adorable she's so precious and i try and tell them like you're so funny you're so smart like yeah like things that are more about like what they're capable of and like who they are as opposed to how they look and they are cute and fucking precious but like that's not how i want to talk to them thing yeah Mm -hmm. and this thing too is that like i do think that they need some of that i mean for me it's like you need the reassurance that you are attractive because that's the way our world works and that's a currency that our world I mean, we exchanges. know one of my love languages is words of affirmation. Same. And so it's like, I also like, when I talk to Freddie, my female dog, I tell her like, you are so, so pretty. And then I follow it up with like, you're also, <laughs> usually it's, you're also a huge bitch. But it's also like, I'm like, you're so smart. You're so clever. You're so aggressive. And I'm like, I like say like, I try to balance out my compliments. So it's not just, Oh, how cute you are. It's like, you're my hell spawn child. I love you. I was thinking about um, how I talked to Luna, and I recently realized, like, in just observing how other people engage with Luna, mm-hmm. they talk to Luna in the same way that they talk to a small child, which is the elevated voice of, yeah. like, no, 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 no. and I recently realized that, like, I don't do that. Like, I, well, like, I greet her with enthusiasm. Like, Good afternoon, Yes, Luna but kiss. I talk to Luna in a kind of, a, like, in a way that I would normally. Yeah. That's why she's um, so well-behaved. Me, but like I don't me, she's not well behaved but I'm oh, glad you compared think so. to my fucking children <laughs> compared to your dog she is you're right yeah Freddie is just <laughs> that doesn't mean she's well behaved <laughs> but it just kind of made me worry for a minute where I was like like do I like validate her enough like do I play with her enough she's starved does, for love <laughs> maybe does she have a good body image yeah and like is she at, at night just staring into the mirror and crying <laughs> Luna's a thick girl, too. She, she get She's it from sick. her mama. Charlie, my dog, is a chunk. My cat is really fat. My cat's, like, 16 pounds. And, but like, so, yeah, my animals are, like, Josh will say something. We always talk about, like, don't fat shame them. Because, like, Charlie, Josh will be, like, God, he's so fat. And I'm, like, he's thick. He With two curves. C's. With two C's. And now, because Charlie has a huge ass, Josh and I will be, like, he got it from his mama. <laughs> So yeah, I think language is, has a huge way oh, of yeah. like how we perceive ourselves. I think something I'm gonna try to be really intentional about is the way I talk about myself in front of my kids. Like mm-hmm. I said earlier, like trying to be positive. Cause, like I am, I am the captain of 
self-deprecating humor and also really like, putting are. myself down and negative self-talk yeah. is one of my fatal flaws mm-hmm. so i think if my it's hard because you're so funny but also like i wish that you talked about yeah that's yourself. the thing is that like joshua said for years and years that like it's hard to like get upset with me for like putting myself down because i do it in such a funny way and i told you how i made our therapist laugh <laughs> was one of my comments about how it like a potato with i love that we i do love that we and our two other best friends have a therapist in common it brings me so much joy i know she's probably like this makes a lot of sense that you guys all know each other (laughs) she's like god she's like uh talking about toxic friendships let's have you guys disband (laughs) get away from each other stop validating the other's neuroses that's all this podcast is just us validating each other's craziness i think you're great i think you're great <laughs> we don't have any problems the podcast is over <laughs> yeah i don't know so like, i think like body positivity is something that's like a huge message right now like with people like wizzo the forefront mm-hmm. or like uh do you follow the i way uh instagram account no what is that it's a ca- account start by uh the actress from the good place her name is jamila i forget the rest of i forget her last name but basically it's about i weigh more than just like my weight so people post pictures mm-hmm. of themselves saying like i weigh and it's like i am a good aunt i'm mm-hmm. a nutritionist i ran a marathon like they talk about things other than like my weight is this number you know mm-hmm. so i feel like a lot of people are like especially i think uh when you tell someone your number everyone's numbers are vastly different that it's hard honestly to i stopped weighing myself i haven't weighed myself in probably five months yeah maybe because i wouldn't like the results if i did so it's yeah. easier to not but also it's like because i am tall and because i am curvy and thicker mm-hmm. anyway when i weigh myself like honestly i weigh i fluctuate between 165 and 175 like that's yeah. kind of my window and if you put that into a bmi calculator it tells me i'm obese and so like yeah, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel great to weigh myself when i honestly do feel like pretty proportional yeah. to my body like things could be tighter things could be smaller but also like i have really gotten comfortable as like sort of this this is the the space that like my body seems to like to yo-yo in can we also all agree that bmi stands for bullshit metric <laughs> instruments or whatever because honestly like that doesn't indicate anything about your health like i like to think about like there's this lady i don't remember i think one of my friends took a class from this instructor who was like a spin instructor and she was like what would you say to somebody who was 172 pounds and five foot four and everyone was like we tell them they were overweight and i just mm-hmm. said my own height and weight great um, <laughs> that's an example and she was like well that's my weight and everyone's like she's like would you say i'm a fit and everyone was like yeah because she was like just tearing it up yeah looking great super fit and she's like so that's the thing is that your number doesn't define you it doesn't establish anything about your health or wellness mm-hmm. you know and it's like i'm super healthy i'm overweight also now pregnant so <laughs> i can't say that anymore i'm just pregnant at the time before i got pregnant i was overweight <laughs> But, I mean, I wasn't unhealthy. Yeah. I didn't like the way my clothes were feeling. But, like, for the most part, it was fine. My doctor talked to me about getting under control because she was like, you've gained 30 pounds in two years. And I was like, yes. Something that I really just don't want to do is pass my own eating issues on to mm. my kids. And so I'm trying, again, like I said, to be really intentional about, like, the way I talk to myself, the way that mm-hmm. I, like, interact with food. And that's something that, like, I really liked. Before I got married, I had lost a lot of weight, but I also kind of stopped the constant count of like mm-hmm. where my calories at or for me it was like tracking on my food or just like beating myself up like you can't eat that you can't eat that you can't eat that and like I kind of just like myself eat what I wanted when I was hungry but also like was aware of like my portions mm-hmm. and since like you know what's like when you start a diet and you basically shrink your stomach so that you don't need as much food as you had been mm-hmm. eating before I did that so when I was like 
indulging, I didn't indulge as much as I used to because yeah. I was, wasn't, I didn't need as much. And I kind of recognized what my portion was. And I would was less likely to be like, my eyes are bigger than my stomach. I mean, I had mm-hmm. days, but where I got out of control with that was when, you know, you know, two years after my wedding or whatever, my stress levels weren't as high. And so I wasn't as like, I don't know. I felt like I wasn't as like jittery or like nervous and I was eating more and I was like, you got comfortable. Yeah. I got happy and being happy makes you fat. <laughs> so I gained all the weight that I had lost back. And then I was like, time for the holidays. And I was like, I'll lose weight. And I was like, nope, gonna deep fry these donuts and eat them. Remember when um, Kate Moss said nothing tastes as good as skinny feels? That's and a got bold all, face and lie. And got, got all that. I was like, I was like, I might disagree. Have you had cheese fries? <laughs> Have you ever been drunk and ordered Fiesta potatoes from Taco Bell? <laughs> They're not that, that great, but at the time. Because that is how happiness feels. I repeatedly get drunk, and not now, but at the time I did. <laughs> and I would force Josh to drive me to Taco Bell, and I would demand nacho fries when they were out of season. And they would be like, we don't have them in stock. And I'd be like, what the fuck is the point then? And they'd always be like, oh, we don't have nacho fries here tonight. And I'd be like... Give me some Mexi fries. And they're like, ma'am, that is taco time. And I'm like, well, what kind of potatoes do you have? <laughs> and multiple times it's been Fiesta potatoes, which are just little cubed potatoes covered in cheese sauce. I haven't thought about Taco Bell in forever. Yeah, it's great. That was my go-to, like, when I was high in high school. Mm-hmm. I was like, let's go to Taco Bell and get a Crunchwrap Supreme. Honestly, the cheesy double beef from Taco Bell <laughs> was a godsend. <laughs> it just, like, was delicious, probably street meat. And That's liquid funny. diarrhea oh, cheese sauce. Gross. I mean, it doesn't count if you poop it out, right? Immediately. <laughs> so I feel like Chipotle. And <laughs> <laughs> we know how much I love Chipotle. I do know. I think, like, I've never had a, um, what could be, like, diagnosed, or, or maybe it could be, like, as an eating disorder, but I would say that I definitely in my past have had an unhealthy relationship with yeah. food and, like, eating issues. Like, my problems were, like, both eating for boredom because I can, yeah. because I think I deserve it. Um, using food as a reward yeah is which isn't healthy but also like that's how times we were raised i know like the bribed for food for sure or like you did a good job we get to have ice cream sundays or think about how people are potty trained like you mm-hmm. did a good potty here's a like candy <laughs> and now i'm like i well i have a stomach disease so i don't do great potties but like god damn it i deserve it <laughs> i also think too in my household like f- like there wasn't any intentional life around like the way we ate like my mom was a takeout queen <laughs> total couch potato and so it's like my family didn't instill good values around like the way we eat and so it wasn't until I think I was probably like when was this at this point it was probably three years ago yeah where maybe three and a half years ago where I like got to a point where I was like I can no longer like blame my behavior and my habits on the way that I was raised and it's like like shit or get off the pot Kate like either accept that like you're on a trajectory for like fat dumb or like pivot your lifestyle and like start to yeah. care about what you put in your body and um what I learned in that it's so much more about exercise is important and good yeah. but it's so much more about what you eat than it is about Abs anything else in the kitchen, yeah they really I are never learned that lesson they really are but then like also sometimes I'll just like I like don't know what comes over me but I lose absolutely all self-control when it comes to like food when I'm like oh yeah it's late night and like I will choose the weirdest things out of my pantry yeah. literally I spent this was like within the last two months. I spent an, half of a, a therapy session with Sierra talking about how I ate a can of sauerkraut mm. because it's what I could find. What is that? Like what? 
that well, is that's not well. An interesting that choice, is and not I'm well. And that is not, not well. <laughs> well, I think it's also like convenient. Something you said about like your mom like doing the takeout stuff. Like for me, my mom worked full time instead of my dad, and like it was always like when we got to a certain age, it was kind of like you figure it out. Or like, my mom's a queen of like frozen meals, like mm-hmm. put in a frozen pizza. Or I grew up eating like a ton in high school, like ton of wing cuisines. So when I went yeah. to college, I lived off of wing cuisines. Also, Cool Whip. I would just eat Cool Whip. Ugh, the freshman 15 came for me hard. I lost 15 pounds because really? all I could eat were frozen lean cuisines and I would eat mint Cool Whip as a meal. So, but my mom God was like, damn. my mom won't get mad at me because I always say like, you didn't cook. And she's like, yes, I did. Like, you just don't remember because the time she went back to work, I was probably like 10 or 11. And then it was kind of like, she cooked some things. We had chicken and rice a lot. We had teriyaki a lot. And we had... um Tuesdays, Linda. Like, yeah, exactly. That was to go. It wasn't homemade. Yeah. Oh yeah, mine was to go as well. Um, <laughs> chicken rice was homemade, but like, yeah. So it was, for me, it was like, I have never liked cooking, and I have never really like. I have tried. I've dabbled and utterly failed. Um. So like, I married. This is why I love likes. Blue Apron. Yeah, I hated that because I did it. I paid for it. And so Josh was kind of like, we have to do this, and, not, and then it was like, I had to help. <laughs> And it was always a nightmare. It was also like, they're like, these are quick and easy recipes. And I'm like, no, they're not fucking quick and easy. They're like, dice the chicken after you plucked it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, go cut down your own coconuts and then skin it for your coconut cashew curry or whatever. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I thought it was going to be like delivered pretty much pre-made. So I could feel like a chef by like putting it in the microwave or in the oven. And I'm like, oh, look at that. That's a- um, but yeah, I have also, I have, I'll tell you this great memory I have that kind of sums up my relationship with food, which is just like, I like to find an ex- any excuse to eat or to treat myself. <laughs> treat yourself. Okay. You, so you this, branded that. When I think of my relationship with food, this is the memory that I think of. And it makes me sound like A, a basket case and B, a psychopath. <laughs> well. So, not wrong. <laughs> my dad, my dad loves desserts and he also like. He loves to bring home desserts for other people. So, like, he'll take a couple bites and he has control enough to be like, I've had a bite. I'm done now with it forever. And for me, it's like, if there is something sweet in the house, oh. I will eat every last piece. Like, you're yeah. saying you eat sauerkraut. I will go and eat three-year-old marshmallows that have been in my cabinet <laughs> since Halloween 1992 and be like, so good, and, like, <laughs> eat it. Or even candy. Like, there's some high-two flavors I do not like, but if they're in the cabinet, I will eat them. Because I'm like, I, it's better than nothing. Yeah gross grape flavored high chew yeah. that i emailed for as a promotion um <laughs> anyway so my dad brings some desserts and this one time when i was in high school it probably was like maybe 14 or 15 mm-hmm. he had brought home a cheesecake and it was in the fridge and i went and i sat down <laughs> in front of the fridge and started stewing pieces of it of the cheesecake and just eating it with my hands in front of the fridge and i was like how old were you? Again, I like 14 or 15. I was <laughs> pretending that I was in a mental institution. <laughs> this is my only taste of the good life. So that I, I was allowed know. to eat the cheesecake. How the fuck did you come up with that narrative? What does know. that even mean? Also, it turned out it wasn't cheesecake. It was just a fancy, like, decorative cheese <laughs> that had chunks of fruit in it. I was like, I like, (laughs) anyway, I don't have an eating disorder. Everything is fine. I'm fine. It's fine. So yeah, that's how I justified uh, my 
fancy cheese slash cheesecake baby. That's some Hotel California shit. Yeah, it was really bad. I, I think about that a lot. And I'm like, hey, what the fuck was wrong with me? <laughs> B, has anything changed? <laughs> so, so body positivity. <laughs> All that to say, live your best life. You want to eat the cheese out of a mental institution patient? You do you. Um, Live your truth, whatever that means in the moment. Just justify it to yourself, <laughs> your own narrative. Um, and on that high note, to body positivity and body image, thank you for tuning in to Cheers. this episode of the Girl Get Your Life Together podcast. Make sure, if you don't already, follow us on Instagram and definitely like and review and subscribe wherever you listen. Leave a comment if you've ever done anything similar to anything that we've done in this episode. Someone else has to, right? We hope. We're not alone, right? <laughs> Anybody? Kayla, <God>. me bye. <laughs> oh, it's you again. What are you still doing here? Go listen to our next episode. Rate, review, like, subscribe, all of the above. It's multiple choice.